0: Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. It is going to be the first verse-by-verse edition of 2021 with Dr. R.B. Maynard. Welcome back, Dr. R.B. Maynard. Yeah, we've been off a couple of weeks. You made it to 2021. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You have yeah, how God. many more years? You have tw- your movie was 20... 47. <laughs> 20, 47. Yep. So you yep. got 26 years left. Yeah. We're yeah. <laughs> make the most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, th- well, I thought I was going to make it to 2021, but I was asked that, like, did people, did you think you're going to make it to 2021?
1: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I never thought I'd be this old. Well, right. actually, I, I didn't think I'd feel this way when I was this age. That's, mm-hmm. not, I thought I might get here, but I thought I'd be 80 when I felt like I do now, you know, so that's what <laughs> crept up on me is the the aging
0: process, yeah. not the number. You got to get so, to that YMCA and do the classes and uh-huh. stretching classes. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just going to yeah. go the surgery route and have them put me back together. So. Yeah. yeah. Amen. That, that's what I keep saying. I'm like, well, hopefully like 20, 30 years from now, when I hit that zone, then mm-hmm. basically I'm just, you can be like a cyborg at that point. They can just yeah put all those parts in there and yeah. <laughs> you're good I'm, to
1: go. I'm getting ready to have some parts
0: put in my in shoulder, looking. so we'll see how that works out. But. Yes. Dr. R.B. Maynard. His middle name is Lynn, right? Right. I found that out the other day. I didn't see. I didn't even know that my Isn't daughter. One told of your me that. girls. Yeah, <laughs> one of your girls is named.
1: <laughs> yeah, name's Lynn. Yep, Zoe. Now that's why I don't ever tell anybody because I think
0: it's a girl's name. So <laughs> she's. I was like, what? This whole time I thought it was Bobby. Like, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> right now? Anyway, Doctor R. B. Maynard, we're getting the word. We're gonna. I got the new Mountain Dew flavor here, the Major Melon. Wow sent from heaven from Amazing. kelly stevens to me i think he's a partaking of all those heavenly mountain dew flavors yeah right now. Uh, there's no telling what he's doing and so anyway we're still we're still reeling from that our good friend kelly stevens aka luckily shepherds. yeah
1: yeah i called uh, belinda last night and you know when he was in the hospital i would talk to her not every day but you know mm-hmm. most days i talked to her and like okay you know what's the report today how's he doing you know how are things so i called her last night and i said well I said, how do you think Kelly's doing today? Yeah. You know, it's like, it's not a, it's not a bad yeah. report. It's a bad report for us. Yeah. But him and Larry Land are probably fishing today or something. I don't know. Yeah. How that all works. But
0: Well, verse by verse is where we go through the word of God. So always a good time of year as you enter the new year to say, hey, I'm going to make a commitment to get in the word more, to get in the Bible. We think that's a very good and valuable thing for your life. And so part of that could be maybe, hey, I'm going to commit once a week to listen to the Grace Point Daily Podcast and Dr. R.B. Maynard, because that's what it is. Like, this is not controversial. It's just in the word. Right. Because right. I, ha- I had that idea and thought this morning when I was at the gym, I was like, maybe we can make the show more popular by getting some real heat between you and. Mm-hmm. Somebody else like Dave Jeremiah, you know right. we could we just start bashing him every show mm-hmm. and try and get this huge beef going on between you two yeah. and then us versus kind of the Bama. rush like the rush Limbaugh approach yeah, there you to go. our
1: show there you go <laughs> well i've so, been controversial enough in my life. I well, probably have have done that and didn't even mean to so. a, sh- a
0: show filled with half the people that listen to us that hate us extremely yes. and then the other half that love us yeah well they're probably out there. <laughs> the technique has <is> worked from <laughs> From certain individuals. Right, but, right. Yeah. But we're not going to do that. We just no. write yep. in the Word. So here we go. First Kings uh, 2111.
1: And this is, uh, again, we're always starting in the middle of the story, but this is where uh, Naboth's uh, vineyard um, has been taken. Uh, so it says, So the elders and nobles who lived in Naboth's city did as Jezebel directed in the letter she had written to them. So this, this is what she said to do. They proclaimed a fast and seated Naboth in a prominent place uh, among the people. Then two scoundrels came and sat opposite him and brought charges against Naboth before the people, saying, Naboth has cursed both God and the king. So they took him outside the city and stoned him to death. Then he sent word to Jezebel, Naboth has been stoned and is dead. So this is, you know, we talk about it all the time, the scandals of today's politics this is a scandal of today's politics. I mean uh, Jezebel is is doing this for her husband. Um, she doesn't have a right to do it I mean the whole thing is a scam. It's a little bit like uh, when when Jesus was accused I mean we know that I mean you can you can even look at that. Um, I've seen uh, people who do that like from a uh, legal standpoint all the illegal things that they did with even with the laws of their day i mean we're going through that now we're claiming that the election was illegal and all these kind of things i mean this uh, all of these things we all act like they're new and it goes Mm -hmm. right back to the biblical days of of setting people up i mean they're going to have him killed and there's no reason for that other than just greed and cover up and so um, you know, the, the nobles and the elders, they should have not listened to her. I mean, she has no authority. She's just the the wife. Um, and Naboth, they set him up. He's probably, a, I mean, he's probably a good man. And they set him up thinking that he was being honored in order to, to kill him. I mean, the whole, again, everything about it is illegal, immoral, whatever you want to call it. But uh, these guys that were... Uh, scoundrels they normally wouldn't have been invited to a dinner like that i, I wondered i don't know if, if naboth knew them or if it was more of a um well i don't know who these people are they've just all been invited or whatever i don't know but if he did you know probably looking across the table wondering well i wonder i mean why am i here and why are they here who are these guys there was no trial there was no other witnesses other than these two guys to come in there, and it was an uh, immediate death. I mean, no chance to defend himself. I mean, he didn't even get to stand up. It wasn't a trial to stand up and say, well, wait a minute. I didn't do that, and here's my wife to tell you that I didn't do that or whatever the case may be. This was just an immediate death, and I, and I think that's part of it. It's the same thing with Jesus. Mm. I mean, they took him right out and crucified him. I mean, there was no time for an appeal to the sentence or or anything. And so, and I, you know, I have to ask the question. And this all goes along with, you know, we were just talking about Kelly Stevens and and different ones that that die that are such good people. Mm-hmm. And and the question, even here, why didn't God protect Naboth? I mean. He's a good man. He wouldn't sell his property because the Bible said you shouldn't sell your property. I mean, it's inherited, and you're supposed to keep it in the family line, all of those. I mean, he's a, a good man. Mm-hmm. Why does God let the king and Jezebel win and Naboth, who's totally innocent, is, is put to death? And it just goes back to what we say all the time. We don't get it. We don't under – I mean, don't you know that that, uh, Naboth's wife was probably – I mean, after all this happened, she's probably like Belinda Stevens who's just saying, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. I don't – you know, and I know we're – oh, you're not supposed to question God. Well, uh, you know, I'm not questioning his uh, authority in these things, but we do say a lot. I just don't get it. I just don't understand how this happened. And I'm sure, you know, he had friends and family and all those people who were questioning all of this. But it was the government. I mean, that's the way the government was working. So uh, 15, that was 11 through 14. 15, as soon as Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned to death, she said to Ahab, get up and take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite that he refused to sell you. He is no longer alive uh, but dead. And... They also, and if this, you'd have to read forward. But in Second Kings nine twenty six, she also had all the sons killed. So yeah. this was not just him, but but his sons, because she's trying. We talked about this before. She's trying to cover all the bases. So she wants to make sure that there's nobody to inherit the the vineyard. So the more people in the family that you get rid of, the less people there are to um, to do this. So to inherit, I guess. but, um, And the people had wanted a king in in this. So it says in, uh, well, I had it written down. I don't have the verse. But Samuel anointed Saul as the first king of Israel. It came with a warning, your good fields and vineyards and olive trees he will take and give to his servants. This was a warning not to um, not like it couldn't be changed, but he was just saying, This is what's going to happen. It doesn't mean that it's right. You know, sometimes we think, well, God said that this would happen, so that means we should just accept it and everything's fine. That's not always the case because this wasn't right that it was going to happen that way, that the fields and vineyards and olive groves uh, would be taken. He's just saying uh, this is what's going to happen. And so in this case, this is really a fulfillment of what God said would happen in the days to come. You know, we think, we say it many times, people that say, oh, I don't believe the Bible. You know, the Bible's not true. But if you look through, especially Old Testament, I mean, it came into the New Testament. New Testament was really a fulfillment of the the prophetic of the Old Testament. But when you look in the Old Testament about things, wars that were predicted, People that were going to die that were predict—I mean, all of the things—not I shouldn't say predicted, but Mm -hmm. prophesied—all those things that came true. That's what I fall back on, you know. The—I mean, I have my moments where I'm like, man, you know, when life seems so unfair. I mean, I've had those moments these last couple of weeks Mm -hmm. when life seems so unfair. It—the thought goes, is there even a God out there that cares? I mean. Because just I'm not. I believe there is. I'm not doubting that. Yeah. But I have those doubt thoughts that go mm-hmm. through my head at times. Is there really? And and what brings me back to say, okay, I I have that feeling, but I believe. What brings me back to that is knowing that the Bible, the prophetic words, always came true. Mm-hmm. They always happened exactly like they said they were going to happen, and so. I if I'm if I'm going to believe part of it, I have to believe all of it. Yeah, that's the. So I can't pull those verses. Well, God said here He was going to do that, and He didn't do it. You know, God said He was going to heal, but He didn't heal Kelly Stevens. Mm-hmm. I mean, He's got the ultimate healing. We we believe yep. that. But um, verse sixteen, when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, he got up and went down to take possession of Naboth's vineyard. There was no. This is. This is the man Ahab who wavered back and forth. There were times when and we've talked about it before. He wanted a little of God and a little of Baal. He he wavered. He he tried to have both things in it. But he has no concern about Naboth. There's nothing Oh, really what what happened? You know, what I mean, I'm so sorry for his family. You know, make sure you send them a sympathy card or I mean, as soon as he heard it was he was glad that he was going to prosper at someone else's death. Now, that is really the ultimate in, in hatred is because you are wishing the the worst thing to happen on someone else or to someone else in order to gain something from that. It's, it's that, and it would be one thing to feel that way about a criminal. You know, we've probably said, and again, I know God loves everybody, but we've said about some really... Uh, perverted criminal out there, when they died, a lot of us have been like, well, no loss. Mm-hmm. You know, we're the world's a better place without them. But that's not the case here. This is Naboth, the innocent man here, and happy that he's gone just to have a vineyard, just to have something that he owned. And, I, you know, we would look at that in our life today, and I'm sure it's happened many times over. Someone kills somebody for the life insurance. I mean, money has gotten such a hold that they'll try their best to figure out how to to kill somebody to get the life insurance. You know, um, the I don't know that we've had this scenario, but it would be a, a vice president hoping that the president died. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so he could be president or an associate pastor who – wishes something would happen that the pastor would leave the church so that he could have, mm-hmm. you know. And I have seen, I've seen that scenario personally,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: in, in the church wow. um,
0: where someone wanted to be the pastor. You know. I mean, the most scared I've ever been at pastor Rachel is one time I had a life insurance policy uh-huh. and we switched to a new one. So there was a two week window where the old one and the new one were still active oh, at the same time. Yeah. So if I would have died in that two week period, mm-hmm. they would have both been still been valid. Mm-hmm. So, well, some I,
1: of them are, uh, you know, I kept
0: one eye open at night. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. You gotta be careful. <laughs> gotta be careful.
1: Well, so uh, well, I won't get into that. But, but anyway, uh, you know, we're still have, alive. I'm uh, still alive. Pastor Greg, we know, is shooting to be the senior pastor here. You know, so yeah. we're calling him out today, knowing that that's what his motivation is. But but it is a sad scenario that
0: he's not ordained. Sorry.
1: Yeah, well, but he, but we're we're getting him there. Maybe we all I know. I'm him. helping
0: him on that path. Yeah. Man. I know,
1: you're helping to, your own demise here, but. Uh, 17 and 18, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, who rules in Samaria. He is now in Naboth's vineyard, where he has gone to take possession of it. So Ahab didn't waste any time uh, getting there. And and Elijah uh, is, is going down. The, God has given him a word. He knows what's going on before he gets there. And I... I thought, isn't, it, isn't that an amazing—I mean, I've never had that kind of revelation that God said, uh, you know, go over there, and you're going to find this guy there, and this is what I want you to say to him. And, I mean, I've had things in my life maybe that were what I felt like were coincidental, mm-hmm. you know, that I got to talk to somebody. But I've never had that word where God spoke and said, go down and meet Ahab. Uh, he rules of Samaria. He's in Naboth's vineyard. He took possession of it. I mean, he's giving Elijah all the the layout of what has happened here. 19 says, Say to him, This is what the Lord says. And those are always important words. Have you not murdered a man and seized his property? Then say to him, This is what the Lord says. In the place where dogs licked up Naboth's blood, dogs, dogs will lick up your blood. Yes, yours. And, and this is, again, he knows. And, you know, we could say, well, somebody must have told Elijah what was going on. This is all happening pretty quick. I think God spoke to Elijah and, and told him what, what had happened, how it all played out. It doesn't, he doesn't give all the details of mm-hmm. it, but I think he, kn- he just knows. God revealed it to him. And we used to call it, I, I remember with uh, Brother Ter- Perkins, we called it a knowing. I had a knowing about something, whether it was prophetic or whatever, I just felt in my spirit that this was this was God speaking. I just I just knew something. I haven't had those incidents very often in my life, but I remember one time when Brother Perkins was here, we had a uh, an evangelist missionary here, and I was sitting over on one side. The missionary was sitting on the front row on the other side, and I was just during the church service. I sat there. And I was like, I just had a, I, I knew something bad was coming for him. And that's the kind of, you know, I've always said that's the kind of word you don't want to give mm-hmm. because, you know, people don't like bad news. <laughs> and, yeah, but I just couldn't, I couldn't get past it. And so I, I don't know if it was, I think it was at the big or at the end of the service because I don't think I went up and like interrupted the, Yeah. Hey, before you preach. uh, Yeah. Before you preach, I'd like to say something (laughs) bad's going to happen. But I, but I basically, what I said was that I had this, whatever you want to call it feeling, knowing, but I said, when it happens, so I wasn't saying, you know, it wasn't going to happen, but, but I said, when it happens, you will know that God is, is taking care of it, or you will know that Tonight is the answer. Tonight is your saving grace from that because we're going to pray tonight over that. And so when it happens, you'll know that God's protection was because of the prayers of tonight. Mm -hmm. That was the the gist of it. And he came back later and talked about, he said when he got back to the mission field, somehow they got involved in this big thing where they ran them off the road. And I don't think they were necessarily after them, but they were uh, they were shooting these two groups of people after they got run off the road. They were shooting at each other, kind of like their car was in the middle of all of it. Mm-hmm. And he said it was so close. He said I could literally hear bullets, you know, wow. whizzing by. And he said I thought of that that instant, hmm. you know, that this is God's deliverance from you know from that. And so, you know, for my part, it was. Like I said, I don't get that often, but it was a- no- a knowing I just mm-hmm. knew in my spirit that something was was going to happen and then it was <laughs> it was pretty weird because that guy I don't know how long after that it might have been two or three years or whatever he died preaching in the pulpit down in the Osho hmm. he was doing a service down there, collapsed while he was preaching and died right there oh wow. you know so um yep. So anyway, don't uh, you might not want me it's to a speak to a word go. over you. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, uh, th- this is—I uh, mean, when you're talking about the dogs licking up blood, we don't relate to that too much because our dogs mm-hmm. are all pets, and you know. But biblical times, dogs were not necessarily pets; they were protection. Um, what was the other? Um, well, anyway, it, it doesn't mean that in the literal place, but just like the dogs licked up the blood over here, they're going to lick up your blood. I mean, mm. it's really an emphasis to say, not just to say, well, you know, you're going to die. You're going to die. It's an emphasis to say you're going to die a horrible death. Yeah, It's, it's not just you're going to be punished for what you've done here. You're not just going to die some nice little thing. You're going to be punished. Uh, for what you've done. So 2022, Ahab says to Elijah, "You have found me, my enemy. <laughs> I mean that's quite and this this just tells more about Ahab, the kind of guy he was. No respect, you know. I have found you, he answered, because you have sold yourself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. I am going to bring disaster on you. This is thus saith the Lord. I will consume your descendants and cut off from Ahab every last male in Israel. Slave or free, I will make your house like that of Jeroboam, son of Nabat, and that of Basha, son of Ahijah, because you have provoked me to anger and have caused Israel to sin. Now that phrase, um, it says, because you have sold yourself to do evil, it's talking about as as a person sell would sell themselves into slavery. You know, you have, in other words, you have chosen to be in bondage is what what that phrase, you have made yourself a stranger is one of the uh, versions. In other words, you let Jezebel do this and pretended that you didn't know anything. That's what that phrase, you've made yourself a stranger. Oh, well, I, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I, you know, she did all that, and I didn't even know, you know, mm-hmm. that, that attitude of it's not my fault, you yeah. know, that, that all this happened. And play the Adam and Eve Adam card. Oh, yeah, yeah, blame <laughs> it on somebody else. He didn't even blame it, he pretended, yeah, to not not even know it'd be like Adam. Well, oh, I don't know what I don't know where she got that apple or whatever it was, but um, and then it, it uh, these were just different uh takes on that wording and what it means, but one of them says habitual constant activity, in other words, you have you have habitually done this. We talk about. You know, when you get into the grace and mercy thing, it's it's kind of all over the place. You know, there are people who think that because of God's grace, it does not matter what you do from that point on; you're going to heaven because mm-hmm. of grace. There are other people. You know, if you if you ask somebody to explain grace, they might say, "Well, um, it's it's for." And I used to say this too: it's for the sins that. I didn't even know, like I said something today that I shouldn't have said, grace covers that. But then I would say, but grace doesn't cover habitual, constant sinning. And, you know, I can't make myself the judge, so I don't really know sometimes where grace, you know, where that line is. Where, where do you cross the line? Where has has grace covered me? And where have I made conscious decisions that are going to send me to hell? You know, and I I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain that to people. Other than I'm thankful for God's mercy and Mm -hmm. God's grace that every time I do something, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have the big eraser and take my name out of the book. And then tomorrow I'm good. And he puts my name back in (laughs) and then he takes it out and then he puts it. It just doesn't work. And then one of the other uh, versions was trafficking in wickedness. In other words, you um, not only, and it says here, because you caused Israel to sin, you provoked me to anger, and you caused Israel to sin. That is like trafficking, because what happens in trafficking, you are, uh, if it's sex trafficking, you are are causing young women to have to do something that they don't want to do. You're prospering from it, and that's exactly what happened here. He prospered from Mm -hmm. Uh, not trafficking per se, but he prospered from uh, Naboth's death. I mean, there was something in it for him, not just about um, I don't like him and I want him dead, but he prospers from that. And then one of the other uh, uh, versions to that says to marry. In other words, you have married your sin. You have become so attached to it that it is, I mean, what we say about marriage, the two become one. Mm -hmm. If you marry with it, you are such a sinner that it is just, it's part of who you are. Yeah. It's not even, it's not what yeah. you do. Yeah. It's who you are. Yeah. That you're a, a horrible person inside and out. Um, and one of the Jewish historians, and this is, I don't even know how to pronounce it because I've read a lot of his commentary, but a barbanel. And if you read anything that has like footnotes from Jewish commentaries, You'll probably see his name somewhere. So he's—I don't know—he's not really the Josephus because Josephus was, uh, yes, he was a scholar, but but people like this Barbanel, were uh, rabbis and scholars, and so there's a little different take on some of it, even from them.
0: Is but he dead? Is he dead or living? Or he's what? dead.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, it states that Ahab had erased God's name from the Torah and put in Baal. In other words. In the beginning, instead of saying God created the heavens and earth, he had uh, put the scripture, in the hmm. beginning, Baal created the heavens and the earth. Now, that's not a scriptural thing. We're not going to find that in the Bible anywhere, but it's, it comes from one of the Jewish historians. I, you know I don't trace that all back. I always tell people, take that for what it's worth. It's not surprising, knowing that Ahab is the kind of man that he is. That doesn't shock us. It's kind of like we say about some of the political things today. Well, I never thought that would ever happen. Well, you know, now I'm not really surprised at anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, that wouldn't surprise me if it did happen. But uh, 23 and 24, and also concerning Jezebel, the Lord says, dogs will devour Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. Dogs will eat those belonging to Ahab, who die in the city, and the birds of the air will feed on those who die in the country. And again, this this all came to pass. Uh, if you read Second Kings mm-hmm. nine thirty, that's where it came to pass. So, uh, you know, again, they weren't, they were for hunting and protection dogs. For us today, we would say, well, that's kind of crazy, you know, mm-hmm. but I think for us today, it might be something like wolves, you know, wild dogs kind of thing might do something like that. But you know I thought even in even in death sometimes again we just finished a great funeral mm-hmm. for Kelly Stevens and I know that sounds terrible that we had a great <laughs> funeral um, but a great tribute I guess maybe for Kelly Stevens can you imagine if if someone was so evil so horrible I Again, I have never been to a funeral where somebody said, "Man, this guy was worthless. <laughs> this guy <laughs> yeah. never done nothing good in his whole life. He was a drug addict. He was an alcoholic. He was," you know, "I've never, I've never seen that." But in some of these places, God was so adamant about how evil they were that it was like you are not even going to get a decent burial.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You are not. You are not going to be honored for being the king. You are not going to be honored for being the queen. That literally one of and and dogs were considered horrible animals. Really, mm-hmm. they were dirty. They were nasty. Yep. I mean, there's lots of references to dogs in the Bible, and so uh, in this case, you don't even get a decent burial because you were such an evil person. The dogs are just gonna hmm. devour you, and if if the dogs don't get you in the city, the birds. If you're out there, the birds will pluck you know i mean yeah. birds will devour well we've seen it on the road yeah. birds <laughs> devour yeah. the animals that are killed mm-hmm. on the road so i mean this is uh, you know the emphasis here and again i don't like to think i'm that bad of a person that i would deserve that kind of thing but god looks at people sometimes and and we forget we forget that god still loved ahab i mean we look at these things like oh yeah you know Ahab he got what was coming to him and god was so angry with him that he did this and he did that we kind of forget sometimes that 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 same god mm-hmm. who allows things predicts things that are that are going to happen to someone he still loved Ahab and Jezebel i mean god wanted Ahab and Jezebel because and it doesn't say that here. It doesn't say, well, God really wanted you to change, but since you didn't. Yeah. But we understand that because we know the nature of God. Mm-hmm. And the nature of God wanted the best for them. He wanted them to someday die a natural death, to live a great life, and to go to heaven. That would have been his desire. And when he says these things, he's not saying there's no possibility of change when, when God looks ahead and makes a statement like that, he's just saying, I see the future, and I know you're not going to change, mm-hmm. and this is this is what's coming for you. You know, if God came and said that to me or to you and said to us, you know, you're going to die this horrible death, you're not even going to get a good funeral because of the kind of person that you are, that does not mean that God has we would call it predestination. God has said, you're going to die a horrible yeah. death and go to hell, so there's nothing you can do about it. He's not saying that. He's just saying, I'm looking at the future, and I see in the future that you've never changed. I see in the future that that you're never going to do anything different than what you've done before. So this is what's going to wind up happening to you. Mm. So when people read these things, especially if you were non-Christian and didn't understand kind of the nature of God. You would think God was just saying there's no yeah, chance for you. Right, right. And that's not what he's saying. I mean, he said many times your descendants and we'll, we'll read that coming up, but your descendants even will die a bad death because of what you have done. Well, that doesn't mean that those descendants didn't have a chance. It just means God's looking ahead and saying they had all the chances and they're not mm-hmm. they're going to refuse to change and so this is what's going to happen to them. So it's not God it's not a predestination, it's not God saying there's no chance. It's God saying I'm just looking ahead and saying you're not going to change. And he's basically saying if you don't change, yeah. this is what's going to happen, but he's also saying I know you're not going to change, so this is what's going to happen. So so we better wind it up there yeah. We're about up there. I,
0: I if I some of those, you know, church people, they get really feisty. I say, "Listen, if you keep acting like that, there's going to be no ham and ham and cheesy potatoes at your funeral. Okay, yeah. so you better straighten up.
1: <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we know. Well, we used to have um, uh, years ago. This would have been probably all the way back to Brother Henson's days. We had a little. It was a little plastic church piggy bank that sat like on the communion table, mm-hmm. and we celebrated birthdays. But it was the weirdest thing because, like, if it, <laughs> if it was your birthday you came to the front and put money in the piggy bank. It's like, <laughs> why am I having to pay? It's my birthday. Well, then that money was uh, that was taken out of that, that was the ham fund
0: <laughs> for the funerals. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, anyway, I think that's things. a good one to stay in the past. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Verse by verse, Dr. R.B. Maynard, we're in First Kings chapter 21. We'll get to the, to the end of that next week, probably. So thanks for listening. Hope you keep joining us on the journey. We'll talk to you next time.